Hello, and welcome to another episode of In Conversation. My name is Pat King, a staff writer at Years to Feed. Today, our guest is Gareth Lydiard of the wildly inventive Melbourne rock band Tropical Fuckstorm. I caught up with Lydiard to talk about the band's thrilling third album, Deep States, out now via Joyful Noise and Tropical Fuckstorm Records. TFS is the second band that he and his wife Fiona Kitchen have been in together, as their previous band, The Drones, brought them critical acclaim and legendary status within certain circles. As a lyricist, it's my feeling that Lydiard should be mentioned with the greats of his generation. He is able to deliver scathing and honest critiques of the state of the world, while conjuring an element of surprise with his quick and disarming wit. Deep States only proves this point further, as he takes inspiration from the world collapsing from the ineptitude of those in power and the dull drag that is the pandemic. In our conversation, we talk about the new album, Lydiard's lyrical approach to songwriting, keeping up creative enthusiasm during the pandemic, his unorthodox guitar playing, and so much more. Gareth also hints at his new collaborative project with Jim White and Chris Abrahams, Springtime, which will be releasing a new album this November. I hope you enjoy. Hello. Hey, how are you? Good, good, good. Oh, can you hear me? Does it sound good on your own? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Yeah. Okay, perfect. How's it going, Gareth? Um, yeah, good. Just woke up pretty much and... Uh... Don't know. It's a nice day. It's spring, spring in Australia. Yeah, oh, nice. Good. Oh, that's great. Is is where that, are you? I'm I'm in Brook I'm in Brooklyn, uh, New York. Oh yeah, cool. yeah, 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 sweet. Yeah. Is that is is Fiona joining us too, or is it just going to be us today? Or uh, just me? Yeah, we yeah didn't know about Fiona. Yeah, yeah, oh, she's okay. sitting by. The she might she might interject with stuff. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna fact check me. Yeah. <laughs> Either way. Either way. Yeah, it can it can be like judgment from on a high, you know, if somebody <laughs> you know, a ruling struck down or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I've been I've been a big fan of of both the drones and Tropical Fuckstorm. And it's it's just uh it's it feels awesome to talk to you just about oh, you know, this new record and and just to catch up in general. It's it's really nice meeting you. Yeah, you too. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I guess uh, going into with the new record, Deep States, um, going into the third record of this project, Tropical Fuckstorm, um, does it feel, I, I guess, how does, how do third records in general feel to you? Does it, does it feel like kind of solidifying the project in a way, you know, kind of getting over the second record and getting into a third record? Um, yeah, I guess. It's it's well, it's only my second third record, if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it does. It's like uh, I guess yeah, you like you're all warmed up and you're ready to go. Um, you know, for some bands, third records their last record. You know, like Stooges or I don't know. I can't remember off off the top of my head, but I know there's a lot of bands where they only have three records. Um. <laughs> But we are going to go further than three. So it feels like we're just sort of getting started, really. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, yeah I'm, I'm sure for, you know, bands like 
like Big Star or something where they just fell apart after their third record. You know, they were just like the writing was on the yeah, wall. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, all yeah, they could do. You know? yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Star, I think Jimi Hendrix, three records or the Jimi Hendrix experience. Yeah, yeah, there's a bunch. But um, yeah, we're going to go further. So, yeah, I, well, I mean, it was a weird, weird, weird record to make because of COVID and all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I guess um, it, it's funny. I've, I, I read this article in the New York Times this week that really struck me, or maybe it was last week. I can't remember. It's all blur, but it was talking about how the prevailing feeling of 2021 is the word languish. It's, it's, a mm. it's in between complete despair and depression and then flourishing. <laughs> so we're, we're all in this kind of like this, like, I don't know, like, you know, waking, perpetually like in between sleep and waking state where we, where we just need, can't get the motivation to do anything. And we can only just focus on the bare minimum of things to get us through the day. Um, I guess when you were um, about to make this record, did you kind of have that like snap out of it moment where you were like, like both you and Fiona, where you were like, we need to get to work on a record to kind of have something to focus on during the pandemic? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't really a, it wasn't a, a light bulb moment. It was kind of, it was almost something we deliberately, you know, brought about, but we had to do it because it was just, I think we'd spent like six months just sitting around going, fucking hell, like, and just postponing a million gigs. Cause we had like, in 2020, we, something like five tours booked, um, and you know, they were going to be really good, really good festival tours in Europe and stuff. Um, yeah, so we just had to, you know, not only cancel those but postpone them, which is, you know, more work than just canning them. Um, so, you know, and that's like really demoralising and it's not exactly, it doesn't make you want to get up and rock the fuck out, you know what I mean? It, <laughs> it just makes you want to go back to bed or get drunk, you know. So, I mean, that's what we did for six months was just watch Netflix and, and uh, chill, <laughs> ate spaghetti and drank wine <laughs> and just, yeah. I mean, it was just so, it's, it's the whole thing. And, you know, I've been in this situation heaps where I'm explaining something that everybody's been through. So, yeah, it wasn't any different for us. Um yeah, and then eventually, I guess we sort of realised, okay, well, this isn't going away, um, so we need to do something. And the only thing in our power to do is to, you know, make music. And we've got the studio here. This is it behind us. And at the moment, you can see we've got like a uh, like a, a Steinway grand piano. Oh wow! We're borrowing nice. or not? A friend of ours is moving house. He lives on our street out in the bush, and uh, he's moving house, and he needs somewhere to store some of his shit. So we got that. It's that's fucking awesome. amazing. Yeah, it's like a hundred thousand hundred thousand dollars worth of it's worth more than the house. Like wow. Um, yeah, yeah. Um so you know, we, we we can we can get together up here and do stuff. We don't need to wait, you know, for a booking agent in the States to book us a tour or something like that. So it's good. But at the same time, then there were so many lockdowns up here, it was half of the time we wanted to get together, we couldn't. So it was it's just been this constant kind of being knocked down again and then having to get up and having to find motivation and, and get your morale back together. And so rather than a light, a single light bulb moment, it's been multiple. Yeah. 
It's just, right. it's like just walking through mud. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's funny that you brought up, you know, kind of trying to capture the emotion that everyone's feeling, but then kind of thinking to yourself, wait, why do I need to say this? Everyone feels this 24 um, seven mm. with, with the song yeah. uh, Bama Sanger. Um, it's, I, I think it's the most successful pandemic song that I've heard <laughs> throughout this whole thing because, <laughs> because it, it kind of captures that. I wish emotion. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I, I guess of getting that point across where it's like, it's like, do we the need police. to hear? Yeah. Do we, do we need to hear someone explain this? Because that's, you know, that's what we're all feeling. And it, and it got me wondering, I mean, do you think, I, I feel like every kind of, film that has tried to address the pandemic or people that like try and find poetic moments about the pandemic, like it, it ends up failing. And I feel like it's because it's, it's because people just don't want to like turn on their TV and watch art imitate the pandemic or listen to songs imitate the pandemic in certain ways. I mean, like, do you think, do you think that's what's going on? Do you think people just like, don't want to hear about this shit, like when they listen to music now? Well, I mean, you can't blame them for not wanting to hear any more about the pandemic. It's just, it's just, it's everywhere and it's such a drag. It's just such a dull catastrophe, you know. It's not at all like, you know, World War II would have been way more fun, would have been way more dangerous, but way more <laughs> exciting, you know. <laughs> this is so, it's, it's not sexy. A pandemic is not sexy, you know. Coughing your fucking lungs out is not sexy. So yeah, I, I can't blame anyone for not wanting to hear it. But at the same time, you've got to you've got to acknowledge it somehow, you know. And there's a million ways you can approach stuff with art, whether it's music or anything, you know. And I think, you know, I mean, you can kind of, you could be the person at the deathbed holding the hand of someone who's dying, you know. They might be like, give me a cure. But you're like, well... There's no cure. So I'm going to give you the next <laughs> thing. You know, that's a kind of song, you know, or there's, you know, the song that rails against, you know, the inevitability of something like, I don't know, fucking capitalism or or a pandemic. But Bamasang is more, I don't know, it's just more surreal. It's more, we were thinking about the fucking Kurt, Kurt Vonnegut book, what is it, fucking Slaughterhouse Fives? Right. Where he wanted to write about the bombing at Dresden, which he was, uh, you know, he was on the ground during that. And um, But he could never find a way to say something so grim because he didn't want to, well, he knew that people wouldn't want to read that. And, and, and they shouldn't have to. They should, you know, whatever you're doing, it's entertainment. Even if you're Gigi Allen, you know, throwing your, your shit at people. That's it's entertaining. Otherwise, people wouldn't be there. So you know, <laughs> Kurt Vonnegut understood that. Like, um, so then it took him twenty years or something to figure out. Well, just mix it up with sci-fi and sort of this bizarre, surreal fantasy kind of stuff, and you can then face reality. And so we kind of did that with Bummer Sanger. We, you know, took a leaf out of his book and just turn something that's such a drag and so pedestrian and boring into, I don't know, something that you could actually listen to without 
wanting to turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's yeah. And it's, it's funny too. Uh, you know, with the, with the song, the greatest story ever told, you have this, you have this line where you say, uh, there ain't no end of days. This ain't the middle ages. There's no grails. There's no safe bets. What you see is what you get. And it kind of brought to mind for me because I've been like listening to a podcast on the black death, you know, that kind of, you know, like so many, so many, yeah, techni- yeah. so many technological, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but so many, um, technological advances and, and, uh, advances in medicine happen because of the black plague and, and yeah. so many societal changes. And now with this pandemic, it feels like we've done so many advancements at this point as a human race, you know, with technology, with so many things that there's really not that much left to explore in that regard, you know, <laughs> like it's, it's yeah. like, a, yeah, and so now we're, we're just kind of like, you know, this is the one thing we need to figure out and we're all just kind of bored as it gets figured out, <laughs> you know, in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I, I hear. I mean, in Australia, we're doing the thing now where, you know, Delta is everywhere and we can't, we can't, we can't fix it. And so now we're just going to try and vaccinate 70 to 80% of the population. And then we're just going to let it go. Just yeah. let it fucking rip. And um, I mean, that's, you know, in a shallow, stupid way, you know, you could say, yeah, haha, let it rip, but it's going to have a lot of implications for a lot of parts of society that, you know, you can't, you don't think about immediately, you know, whether it's, you know, people who are broke or, you know, people with health issues or blah, blah, blah. Anyway, but the thing is you still can't help after all this boredom and after what you're saying, you know, we've, we've, we've got everything out of this pandemic that we could positively. You can't help but think, yeah, fuck it, let it rip. Let's yeah. just let's see what happens. But, and yeah, so, I, I, you know, but then I keep catching myself thinking that, like, yeah, this will be interesting. This will be cool. And, uh, and then I can't help remembering I, I thought the same thing in 2016 when Donald Trump, you know, was close to, well, not close to victory. I was starting to feel shit scared then. But before I was kind of like, yeah, wouldn't it be interesting, though, if he won? Yeah, you know what I mean. I, 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 I just I wish yeah, he would just die. But yeah, like, why? What is that? Why do we have this thing in our head that wants disaster when we're kind of built for self-preservation? And yeah, I don't know. But anyway, yeah, we're just going to let it rip and fuck. We'll let you know what happens. Yeah, but I mean, it's- we're so over. It. We're all locked down. We can't play gigs. We can't do anything. We can't. You know, and I think we've tried everything. It's not working, so it's time to change back. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just, yeah. I don't know. It, it feels like there are certain states in the U.S. that are like that, where it's just like, you know, people in charge in these states are are just not listening to anything. So they're just going to see what happens, and they'll have to learn the hard way. Like Florida, yeah, like Florida, Florida, yeah. and Texas, Texas. yeah. yeah. But it's crazy. It's funny. I was, I was like, um, you know, I went through 
uh, the first record in brain drops today and, uh, the song brain drops. Yeah. I've, I've always liked the line, the hours are long, but the hours are long. And I, I mean, it just, it just hits harder now. <laughs> like, I feel like, like that snuck up on me today. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> like it, like it just like, yeah. like it used to hit me, like, you know, at least we have time, but the shitty thing is we have time, you know, but, but now it's just like, ah, yeah. I don't know. Like, it's true. Like, and you know, like the older you get, the faster time seems to go. And then you, you spend half your life wishing time would slow down and now it's slowed down. You just spend half time wishing it would speed up, <laughs> which is so weird. I remember like a, a prisoner, uh, uh, someone who'd been to prison talking to me saying like, you, you can't sleep forever. I mean, if you could, you would. Prisons would just, if you ever walk, if a prison was a perfect thing, you would walk past it and all you would hear is the sound of a thousand inmates snoring permanently. Right. You know, they would sleep through the whole experience, but you can't. So you got to get up and stab each other and stuff like that. So, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I wish we could just sleep through the pandemic. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's crazy. So listening to this record, it feels like it, it kind of feels like a, like a progression from what you were doing on Braindrops in some ways, but a little bit further with, with kind of, with, I guess, I guess the song structures to me feel as though, I, I guess listening to this record, I, I, I kind of get the sense that like the song structures to, to a lot of these songs feel like hip hop in a lot of ways where it's, it's, it's kind mm. of, you know, you know, very crammed in verses with, um, with, I guess like a more urgent sense to get to the chorus rather than having like a pre-chorus or, you know, kind of instrumental breaks. Uh, yeah. I, I guess does, does, does listening to hip hop kind of help you write? Does it motivate you to write? Um, yeah. Like, you know, we, we grew up with it. It was everywhere. Um, when I was, God, I remember the first time I was impressed with lyrics was when I saw Ice-T on television singing Colours when that film Colours had come out, the Sean Penn film, cult film. Um, and, God, that would have been 1987 or 1988. And then, you know, in high school it was all Public Enemy and NWA and Ice-T and Wu-Tang and, you know, so it's always been there and it's, 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 it's just that, you know, we chose to play guitars, uh, you know, for want of a better word than choose, but we sort of wound up playing guitars. And when you pick up a guitar, <laughs> you, go, you know, sort of ACDC comes out of it, that kind of thing. Whereas if you pick up a drum machine, you know, Wu-Tang comes out of it. So, you know, we, we, we've always leaned more towards rock and roll, but the, the, the hip hop's been in our head just as much as, you know, if you went and talked to RZA from fucking Wu-Tang, you know, he'd be into Otis Redding and, you know, he'd know about Jimi Hendrix. He'd be, he, he would know Deep Purple and, you know what I mean? Like just because he makes hip-hop doesn't mean he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Lyrics. So that, that's, you know, now nowadays we've just got more access to things like, uh, like uh, drum machines and samplers and then editing stuff, you know, on, 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 on computers and, so you kind of wind up moving in that direction because those things lead you in that direction the same way a, a, a guitar leads you into ACDC, you know, like 
Yeah, and then especially with sort of 90s hip-hop, which is what, you know, we were really blasted by, at least me and Fiona back in, in high school and that, that always had a funny kind of a thing. Like if you listen to Ice Cube records, they were made like films. Or if you listen to like the early Wu Tang stuff, it's made like films with you know all the all the kind of kung fu soundtrack crap in between you know the actual proper Wu Tang tracks. And um yeah, and then with with all the editing stuff we've got, we we kind of fill hard drives with shit and then just pull it all out and then edit it together like uh, you would edit a film, you know. And then that sort of lends itself to yeah, like in the end, it sort of it does have a, a hip-hop flavour, not necessarily because you wanted to go in that direction, but because you were just using that gear, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's funny you mentioned Wu-Tang and, and kind of those, you know, those like, um, I, I guess like, uh, you know, like Kung Fu kind of samples that they use all, all the time, like especially on like 36 Chambers. Yeah. And like I was listening to to the new record today and like the Street Fighter you know, like right, you can yeah, yeah, like yeah. The, that sample kind of yeah, that reminds me of that too. Yeah, well, that, that, um, we used to play that. We used to go down when that was like in Australia. Street Fighter was twenty cents, you know, which is like a, a dime or something in, in American terms. Like back when you know your arcade games were that cheap, man, it was cool. A quarter, fact check the quarter. A quarter, you reckon? <laughs> no, it wouldn't be a quarter. A quarter is twenty five. A dime's ten. I'm doing the I'm doing the conversion right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah, but yeah, so yeah, and then uh, uh, who are they? Teenage Engineering, a company. They make little drum machines. They made like a limited edition street. Oh, oh, nice. Yeah, so that's where we got that from. Gareth, yeah, Gareth, Gareth is showing me a. Uh, the uh, is that the cover for a Street Fighter drum machine? Yeah, that, that that's, awesome. that's the drum machine. Yeah, it's, really <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, a little calculator from from school. <laughs> <laughs> so, so your writing style is is so it's so vivid and, and evocative, and you you really just you cram so much in to each song, and and I and I feel like it's it it's something that's so mesmerizing. Um, I guess. You know, and at the same time, I, I, I love your singing voice. Like, I, I really love when, when you stretch things out as well. Oh. Um, and I've, I've had this feeling uh, for a while now, kind of just viewing lyricists and singers and singer-songwriters. But um, I feel like there's so much, there's so much put upon singers who can ring something out with emotion or quote-unquote emotion in a song like like someone like you know like Roy Orbison or or someone like that who, who mm. could just like belt these apocalyptic you know crescendos um but when he was doing that like as great as he was like it was it was very like it was very like platitude kind of things where it was like basic emotions yeah, yeah. about you yeah. know like loving someone or something um and I, and I feel like when someone has the technical ability like that, it almost is a disservice to them as a lyricist in some ways, because they, because they yeah. have, 
<laughs> because because they have to stretch out and and you can't really say yeah. complicated yeah. messages when you do that. I don't know. Do you do you feel the same way? Do you do you feel as though like the better singer you are? I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah, with someone like Roy Orbison, um he I mean he's he yeah, you couldn't sort of do word salads like Bob Dylan could. Um so but then, I mean, I mean, his genius wasn't just his voice, but just the arrangements of the songs. They're very unusual. But, um, yeah, so he sort of put his strengths somewhere else. But, um, I mean, there's a little bit of room to stretch out, but then I don't, I mean, I don't have a great voice. Like, I'm kind of like, I have the same range as Iggy Pop. I can sing all the Stooges stuff. <laughs> I, could, I could be in a Stooges cover band, but I can't be in a, I don't know, a, a, I don't know who's, who's a, Proper singer. I can't do Frank Sinatra or, you know, people with a bigger range. I can't do Guns N' Roses. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You just got to deal with what you've got. But then I find that's good because if 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 the if the fucking options were endless, you would never you would never know when to settle on a particular idea. You would just try everything, and you would never actually get the job finished. You know. So yeah, lim- being limited is good. Yeah. How do, how do your demos usually look like what, what I guess in your mind, um, like, I, I guess, like, what are you generally looking for or looking to accomplish in a tropical fuck storm song? Um, I mean, the, the, the simplest way is simplest way to describe it is it should be like a force of nature. Um, and, but you know, uh, you know, black flag, that's a force of nature Slayer is a force of nature when they're, you know, the best Slayer songs are forces of nature. But then, you know, the best Leonard Cohen songs also are the best, you know, Karen Dalton or fucking, you know, Cat Power, the most gentle stuff is also a force of nature. If it sort of hits you, if it, it's kind of, you know, like when they're talking about life on earth and where it came from and, you know, there's that kind of the general idea, hypotheses where there's, this, you know, a fucking rock pool with a certain amount of minerals in it, a certain sort of, you know, a bunch of ingredients, the right amounts of each thing. Um, and then maybe, I don't know, a lightning bolt hits it. And that's what it is. Making a song is like that. You just got to get everything right. And then, you know, get all the ingredients together and then hit it with a bolt of something. And that's generally, you know, I don't know, like the tension in a song, like you can be, uh, you know, give a fuck fatigue. So that song is like, it's saying something that's quite universal. So in that sense, they wouldn't have any tension. But then, you know, it's almost illegal to say that these days. You shouldn't be saying, I don't fucking care. Um, how to say that. <laughs> and that's the tension that creates the tension. So it's a universal thing, yet it's a taboo. Bang, you know, that's like the lightning bolt hitting all the other ingredients in that song. And then it becomes a force of nature. And and I mean, other than that, I don't really know what makes a good song. You know, I just know that at the end result, if it really lives and it really hits you, whether it's like a tsunami or a warm breeze, it's 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 a force of nature. Yeah. Right. And it and I and I guess like um like do you try and have like a clear button, like, like a button, like to put on or like a bow to put on a song, like, like a narrative arc that you kind of want to stay within, or is it 
Um, is is that kind of? Yeah, I mean, sometimes you do, and then sometimes you don't. Like, you know, there's great, say, Bob Dylan songs where you know we'll have a narrative arc, and it's quite clear, and it goes from A to B, and then it's done. Or there's things like you know, there's Lou Reed songs where the verse will be about something or just whatever, and then the chorus will be quite strong, like you know, I'm beginning to see the light, you know, and almost, you know, cliched and hackneyed, but but then the verses are so odd and they have so little to do with the this sort of almost cliched chorus that somehow it all hangs together really well. And, yeah, it's, it's, there's just a million ways to do it, you know. You could have someone like Randy Newman who's quite funny but quite moving and has real insights and, you know, you have Joni Mitchell where it's just her. It's like it would be impossible for her to pretend she's someone else in a song. She has to be her. Yeah, and she yeah. seems to think that if anyone else is, you know, masquerading or using any theatre in music, then they're not not being honest, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. There's just so many fucking ways to do it. It's, it's, it's pretty wild. You can literally have a thing where you have the most abstract shit banged up next to the most kind of almost prose-like non-fiction and like it'll work because you've got music behind it where it wouldn't work as a standalone thing it has to have music music music's great but i've been making a soundtrack recently with with a friend and you know we're getting rushes of the, the footage from this 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 film we're, we're working on and, and the i've never done this before we'll just get this sort of footage and there's no music on it and it's shit you just go fuck this is boring like, I didn't. I didn't realize how much you needed <laughs> the music to make it work, and it works the same for lyrics. If I just sat here and read you lyrics from TFS songs or drone songs, it wouldn't be that. Wouldn't be that crash hot, you know. <laughs> you need the music, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. Like, um, it's funny you mentioned Randy Newman. He's he's one of my favorite songwriters ever, and and I feel like. Yeah, I mean, like, he definitely is someone where he kind of has to live with an asterisk all the time, right? You know, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. he's not, the, he's not, he's, he's not the guy from Good Old Boys. He, like, he, yeah. he is not the guy from Rednecks, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so with Bob Dylan, I mean, you know, he'd do that thing like, I mean, like, Tangled Up in Blue, it's just one of the greatest songs when you realize, that every verse he's a different person because otherwise you hear it and just go, oh, what's a fucking mess. But it's like, no, every verse he is playing a different person. It's like, and then once, yeah, it's incredible. And if you were just sitting around being, trying to be yourself all the time, then uh, you wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I guess when, not to talk too much about the drones, but I, I guess when, I guess when transitioning from the drones into um, TFS, I, I guess was there something that you and Fiona both wanted to shake from the drones initially? Like, was there something you wanted to get away from, or did does it just feel like a continuation in some ways? Um, in a sense, it's a continuation, but I think it's like there was a bunch of stuff we had to cast off. It wasn't. It wasn't the, the guys in the band. I mean, sort of one of the initial ideas of, you know, starting something new was just all the all the boys were like having kids and getting mortgages and it was just getting really hard to, you know, uh, uh, turn on a dime, you know, to, to book tours and, 
and make all that shit happen really fast. So, you know, it became that became a bit of a chore and it sort of got us thinking, well, wouldn't it be nice if we could just, you know, get some people who were who were just not as tied down and just ready to go at the drop of a hat. And um and then as well with the music stuff, you know, it it can become a bit boring when you do have like a big canon of songs or whatever and that you've got to rep them every time you jump on a stage, you know, because we're really good at coming up with shit and improvising and and then you suddenly get pinned down to doing the same thing all the time. And that can be a, that can be a drag. And um Oh yeah, and Fee's saying um and with TFS yeah we wanted to play I mean this might sound like an oxymoron but more fun stuff. Stuff is more pared down and elemental and just you can blast it out without having to be incredibly virtuosic, which the drones were sort of getting to this point where we had to be almost like trained musicians. It was like, fuck, I didn't sign up for this. I just want to get drunk. <laughs> you know? yeah. I just want to get drunk and throw my guitar at my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I love, I love like, um, you know, I'm, I'm such a huge fan of guitar players like, like Neil Young and Thurston Moore and and people like Doug Marsh, and and I just love the kind of like mangled, crazy sound that you're able to get out of you know, just using your tremolo and your whammy bar, mm. like the whammy bar mm. like you use all the time. And, and I'm just like, every time I watch like a, like a set that's up on YouTube or something of you guys playing, I'm always just like, man, like how are, how is he not just constantly tuning his guitar, you know, after every song? I mean, like, I don't, I don't know, like how, like, I, I guess maybe it's, it's a certain way you do it, but like, um, like, how are you able to get away with that and, and not just be, you know, like tuning for five minutes after every song? <laughs> You've got to just modify the crap out of those Jaguars. When you when you buy a factory Jaguar, it's you can't just go out and play a gig. It will just fall apart. It's their shit. Like um, literally the screws will just shake out of, out of the bridge. And, uh, yeah, so you've got to heavily modify them. You've got to pull the tailpiece off with the, the uh, tremolo arm mechanism and you've got to modify the crap out of that you've got to you've got to remove a big chunk of wood under the tremolo arm you've got to what else there's heaps of stuff you can't just like if if i were to break a string on stage and a friend handed me their jaguar and said use this yeah like after about a verse the thing's just it's either completely out of tune or falling apart so (laughs) yeah and with my first jag the red jag it took me probably 10 years to modify it enough to keep it stable. And then I, I built another one out of parts and I just copied the original. And yeah, so that one stays in tune from the get go. So it's, yeah, it's good. Where were you into people like, like Neil Young and, and Thurston and those, those types of players yeah. like that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I love Sonic Youth. I mean, when we were in high school, I think, you know, when the whole grunge thing took off, we were in about ninth year high school and, uh, yeah, Goo came out. All that stuff was huge. Um, Black Flag, you know, Greg Ginn from Black Flag. Uh, Roland S. Howard from the birthday party. And, uh, yeah, all sorts of just the, 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 the weirder the guitar playing, the better. 
you know, even things like Roy Buchanan, the blues guitar player. Um, have you ever heard of him? No, no. He was like a he's sort of like Albert Lee or a uh, you know, or, I don't know, Steve Ray Vaughan or something, but he's uh, it, it's just crazy. It's like he's sort of he was from the late sixties and early seventies. Sort of Peter Green kind of stuff. I don't know. Anyway, it's blues and a heat, but he's so weird. It's like Thurston Moore playing blues. It's very odd. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. That sort of stuff. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. We're into that. Um, I don't know. Just yeah. Anything doing the wrong thing was the right thing for us. Yeah, we like that. <laughs> yeah. Were 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 you um were you into that um it's it's a it's a band I've only found out about over the last couple of years, but that, that Australian band, the scientists, were oh, you yeah, into yeah, them yeah, at all? Yeah. From, from, from the get go. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, they were huge in, in my life. Okay, from where we came. Yeah. They came from Perth where we came from. And then, I mean, when we came, you know, once we left high school, once we were, you know, I don't know, on the scene, so to speak, uh, they'd finished, you know, and then they reformed, in the 2000s, and they were doing a lot of those All Tomorrow's Parties festivals that we were doing, so we travel with them a lot and, and play with them a lot, and that's fucking amazing. I mean, you know, they sort of did to rock and roll what, uh, you know, Suicide did to synth rock or synth music, you know. They just turned it into this really primitive, really steamroll powerful kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, loved them. Yeah, there's, another, there's a band. There's an Australian ex. There's you know, obviously there's a Los Angeles ex, but there's an Australian ex who were just outrageous. I think you know they started. It was you know, fucking three ex prisoners and a cop on drums, an ex cop on drums, <laughs> and then one of the the guitar player guy died. But then they had a studio booked. So then the singer had to learn all the guitar bits and they went in and recorded this album called Aspirations, you know, two months after the guitar player died. It's fucking amazing. It's just, uh, yeah, I think they're all dead now, but they're, you know, fucking insane. One of the <laughs> the best, you know, if, if, you know, people are getting into shit like Amel and the Sniffers and stuff like that. This is like that, but in 1977, and it's just, you know, it sounds like, you know, Bleach, that Nirvana album. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the first one. It's kind of like that crossed with, you know, Dead Boys or New York Dolls or something. It's amazing. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that, that, that sounds like it would be definitely something I would love. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I don't want to keep you too too long. It, it You know, and I, I know it's morning there, um, but I, I guess, you know, it seems like Australia is locked down for the foreseeable future un- until things get sorted out in, in some ways, but are, are there plans to do any sort of performances, like any, any like live streams or, or one-off shows? Uh, yeah, like that? We're going to do a live stream, you know, soon in about, I don't know, in about six weeks. We, we've, we only recently decided to do it. We hadn't done it earlier because um, oh, just everybody was doing it and it was just, we, we couldn't be fucked. We weren't, we weren't <laughs> in a very inspired mood. And, uh, but now we sort of figure because everything's cancelled, you know, we may as well. So we'll do that. We've got to do some more recording. We've got heaps of stuff in the spare parts department. 
that we can use for more stuff. We're doing a bit of stuff with King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard that we've got to finish up and we're going to do something with them. And we're going to, what else? Oh, nice. Like a, like a split or something? Or? Yeah, split. Um, yeah. And then, and then I'm going to put out a thing with uh, Jim White from Dirty Three and uh, every other band in the world. And, uh, uh, <laughs> and Chris Abraham from The Next is sort of mad jazz piano player. We made an album. And uh, that's done. When's that going to come out, Fee? What's up? The springtime stuff. Um, it hasn't been announced yet, but it's the 5th of November. Ah, the 5th of November. That's, yeah, and it's called Springtime. Jim Jim has been around oh. for ages. He plays with, uh, have you ever heard of the Dirty Three, the Australian band? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, Love them. Yeah, he's just one of the most incredible drummers in history, really, you know, and I, I, I'm not, I'm not shitting you. <laughs> It's weird. I want to play with him because it's like playing with Mitch Mitchell or Elvin Jones or John Bonham. It's like, wow, this is one of those. Yeah, albums. right. Yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, I don't know. Yeah, so just those things, working on more TFS because there's just nothing else to do. And it's spring here now and it's nicer to record here because the, there's like a river running by and we can just oh, you know, nice. go full party mode. Yeah. Are you at the Are you at the point where you're just completely done, like done with streaming and and you know, like those kind of those kind of activities, like the time wasting activities? Uh, yeah. Like in some ways, are you just like? Yep. 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 And looking at scrolling through social media and yeah, streaming. I've what I've just watched everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I've completely watched all of Netflix, Amazon, Apple. Even Disney, I've watched everything on Disney. It's the worst. Yeah, so it's it's funny. Um, I've I have a group of friends where every October we do um, thirty one horror movies in thirty one days. Yeah, cool. And it's it's like usually this it's usually this like really fun thing to do around Halloween. But this year I'm just like I'm like I, I've been watching horror movies all year. Like yeah. it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I'm usually into really into documentaries, and I'll just watch anything. But I literally think I've seen them all. Yeah, I even watched that drummer, <laughs> the drummer one with the like Foo Fighters and the Red Hot Chili Peppers playing drums and shit. It's like, oh my god, what am I doing? Oh, it's bad. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> well, why am I watching the guy from Red Hot Chili Peppers talk about drums? Like, oh my god. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. Well, well, Gareth, thanks so much for doing this, man. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, cool, man. It's nice talking to you. Have have a have a nice. It's fall there, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Just just like the leaves, leaves are starting to turn and everything. Yeah, it's kind of nice out. Yeah, beautiful. It's beautiful. All right. Well, have a nice cool. have a nice time. Hope uh, hope we can get over there soon and come and play some gigs. Be nice to go back to Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. 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 I've I've, I've never seen you guys play. I, I, I'm. Yeah, I hope hope it can happen soon. Yeah, yeah. Really yeah, looking yeah. forward to it. Same here, same yeah. here. Well, yeah, maybe next year. So stay tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned, world. Cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take care. Take it easy, man. See ya. Bye.